This is Mike Farrell from MikeFarrellSports.com. Follow me at Twitter, MFarrellSports, Instagram, MFarrellSports. I haven't switched TikTok yet. I am with Matt Perkins, who runs a podcast called Believe in Badgers. So we're not going to talk about the Badgers today, probably, um, because he's he could be a smidge biased. Uh, but we'll see if they come up or not. But Matt does so much of the uh, stuff on the website. It's ridiculous. Graphics, editorial. Uh, he also writes his own column, and he is also very, very knowledgeable when it comes to football. And we're going to talk a lot about quarterbacks. So the thing that came up in my head was last year, Stetson Bennett, for the first time, I think, in, in a very, very long time, someone won a national championship without a marquee quarterback. And the NFL is kind of the same way. Every once in a while, you'll get that Trent Dilfer uh, national champion, you know, at NFL Super Bowl with a great defense. And that's what happened last year. The defense for Georgia was ridiculous. Do you see anybody this year without a great quarterback doing the same thing? It's going to be tough. I think just because most of the top teams in the preseason have really good quarterbacks, Stetson Bennett's probably the quote unquote worst among them. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how you feel about Clemson. And that's a quarterback battle I think everyone wants to watch between DJ Uyaga Lale, Big Cinco, and uh, uh, Kid Klubnik, true yeah. freshman, who I know is, I think, a guy you're pretty high on, if I Very recall nice. correctly. Yeah. I think that's sort of the one, because they have the defense. Like, the defense is there for them. They've got Brzee. They've got... Um, uh, what, what's his name? Miles coming off the edge and uh, yeah, Murphy, Miles Murphy coming off the edge and the defense is there. The ACC is always going to be up for grabs because there's no true elite program in the ACC outside of Clemson. So I think that's your pick there. If DJ can get back to playing the way he was against like Notre Dame in 2020 even though they lost that game you saw him step in for trevor lawrence and really excel in the last season he was uh, awful i mean not up to expectations let's say to the least now i thought a lot of that had to do with the offensive line or lack thereof but he was rushing throws he was making a lot of just bad basic mistakes and i think that all came from the fact that he had no time to throw the ball whatsoever. So I think Clemson, if they can sort out that issue, is the team that even if DJ was, let's say, 60% of his ceiling coming out of high school, I still think that's good enough with an elite Clemson defense to get them back to the playoff. But people will say if they do get back to the playoff, win a national championship, that DJ is not Stetson Bennett because he was a five-star out of high school and blah, 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 blah. So you know, I, I agree with you on the fact that he was less than stellar last year. And everybody looks back to that Notre Dame game and, and the brief appearances he had um, when Trevor Lawrence had COVID, which seems like five years ago. Um, but it's just, I, I don't think we're ever going to see a team with a defense that dominant with a quarterback was a walk-on or former walk-on, um, you know, yeah. it, it beat out competition, you know, four or five stars and things like that. And, you know, if Clemson does win it, 
again, they're going to say, oh, well, he's the next five-star in line with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. You know, if Alabama wins it, it's Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. I've been, I've been trying to think of a team, right, that could break through and perhaps win it all with an average quarterback. And it's tough. Average quarterback. Yeah, that's tough. Um, the one team that comes to mind for me is a team that I think is actually under a lot of pressure this year, and that's Penn State. I yeah, think Sean I, Clifford is an average so quarterback. Oh, my gosh. I talked to some NFL scouts, right, in regards to Jahan Dotson and his status, and they said, you know, poor Jahan Dotson. Because you watch his film, he's got speed, he's a good route runner, he's probably a first-round talent, he's going to slide to the second round because his quarterback is a noodle-armed, horrible quarterback. And, you know, we've seen Sean Clifford enough. I think maybe if a Drew Alar comes in and wins that job, maybe, but Sean Clifford, I, I, I had them early as a dark horse because I, I just feel the Big Ten is the second-strongest conference behind the SEC. Um, Ohio State is the expected winner, just like they were last year. And you had Michigan come out of nowhere with an average quarterback, you know, and a really good running game and, and, and defense to at least make the playoff. So I figured maybe Penn State could do the same thing. Uh, maybe Michigan State with Peyton Thorne. But winning it all, it's just you got to look, first of all, to the SEC. You know, is there somebody who can get past Bama? If Ole Miss does, it's Jackson Dart, and he's a very good quarterback. Um, you know, Georgia will have Stetson Bennett again, but they won't sneak up on anybody. Uh, if Kentucky somehow wins the East, they've got Will Levis, who's, you know, arm talent-wise, everybody's talking about it as a potential first-rounder. You know, it's just – I look back on that defense for Georgia, and it's just so unbelievable, the number of points they gave up. If you look at the SEC standings, and it's points for, points against – I don't know how many points, maybe 56 or something like that. It is so unbelievable how small that number is. Um, and their defense could be great. I, I agree with you. Clemson could win it with defense. Um, but, you know, I want to say like a Baylor with a Jerry Bohannon. But yeah, not gonna but I, I think so you, when you say average quarterback, I think Jerry Bohannon is yeah. far better than average. I think Jerry Bohannon is – you know, very good. Like, you know, he's a top three quarterback in the big 12. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's more of a reflection of the state of quarterbacking in the big 12 than it is anything else, especially with all of the talent that's departed Oklahoma and bringing in Dylan Gabriel, who's a pretty big question mark in maybe my mind. Justin Bennett he, is a top three in the SEC. I mean, Bryce, Hendon Hooker. Um, I think the upside of Anthony Richardson is crazy. Me too, but he can't Florida. stay healthy, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't know if his injuries are fluke or if they are a sort of harbinger of something bigger with him. But, you know, if you watched Levi Lewis play quarterback for Louisiana over the past couple of seasons under Billy Napier, you can just see Anthony Richardson stepping into that and being able to do so much more just because he is, you know, the elite level athlete that, you know, Lewis is a fine athlete himself, 
but he does not have the frame, the top end speed, or the big or his arm nearly as big as Richardson. Now Richardson obviously will need to turn down. Uh, I, I sorry, I should say, yeah, turn yeah, turn down on the turnovers. Right, he needs to definitely take a step back when it comes to his accuracy, especially throwing the ball, and he can get a little loose with it. He had a you know he had some key fumbles last year when he was running the ball. So if he can sort of clean that up, I could see Anthony Richardson maybe being the third best quarterback in the sec could be um he reminds me a lot of terrell Pryor. he really does the same you know yeah. not as big but similar similar frame size athletic ability and just a dynamic athlete you can't stop if he puts it all together but again it's going to make a few mistakes the accuracy's not there um you know and he's got to stay healthy terrell never really had a problem with healthy but um you know, Anthony Richardson's a guy like if six years from now, if you said that he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's that good an athlete. But I guess I, I kind of don't give Stetson Bennett enough respect. And, and I really don't know why that is. But I'll, I'll, somebody asked me to rank the SEC quarterbacks, and I'll do that soon. I think it's very interesting um, because I did write, you know, Jalen Milrow, the backup at Alabama, who looked so good in the spring game, could start for easily half the teams. And one yeah. of those teams I said was Florida and, and people took exception to that because of Anthony Richardson's ceiling, but Jalen Milrose ceiling is ridiculous. So that kind of segues us into NIL. So Bryce Young's making all this money, right? He's the, the, the guy Heisman trophy winner at Alabama. This is his last year. Could be taken number one overall. You got a guy like Moreau who shows everybody what he can do in the spring game outstanding football player was originally committed to Texas, decided to go to Alabama instead. Uh, he could transfer and I don't think he will, but he's the next great quarterback at Alabama. So here's the question that these quarterbacks are answering for themselves. Do I sit and wait and, and collect some NIL money like Quinn Ewers was doing at Ohio state, but he would have to sit behind Stroud or do I transfer and go to a place where I can make NIL money myself. Um, and that's how important NIL has become. Now we've had some people and you were especially critical of, of Dabo come out against NIL. And here's the funny thing. And I want us to write about this too. Dabo says it, he's a whiner, right? Saban then says it and Kirby then says it and nobody calls them whiners. Why? Cause Dabo is so self-righteous that it, it it makes it much easier to call him out on it also because he is I, I think it's a lot to do with his demeanor quite frankly like it is something about so, something about Dabo and the way that he speaks I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way the religious the family yeah and I the hypocrisies that. that are sort of embedded in that and that, that and, and that he's not been, you know, he's been like a step or two behind, it feels like, in so, on some of these issues. Right. Because it, it's a reality. It's a reality now. Like whether you yeah. like it or not, it's part of yep. being a coach now. But here's the right? thing. Dabo's won two, right? Yeah. Nick Saban's won a billion. Kirby's won one. If Dabo's in the SEC and, and Clemson's in the SEC, do people call him a whiner? Do they do they worry about the religious stuff? I think 
Is this ACC bias? Is this? No, anti-ACC? I don't think it has anything to do with ACC bias because I mean, look at Clemson geographically, culturally, for for, for all intents and purposes, in in terms of that, like they're an SEC school. I don't know well, why they get slammed. I don't know why. Again, I, I know it's because of how he comes off and the self-righteousness and sort of his. It's just so funny to me because I was slamming him. I was on radio last week, full ride with Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel, and I was slamming Dabo. I said, he's got to adjust. You know, he said his transfer portal is in that locker room of his. He said NIL and the professionalization of college sports is not good. You know, and I listened. A lot of people agree with that. Um, you can't argue against it, but you can certainly agree with it because it's kind of changed the college football culture. But then Saban comes out and says it, and then Kirby comes out and says it, and nobody says boo because those guys are what? Less religious, more direct? What is it? Like, well, I think with, I, with, with Saban, it's a everything that comes out of his mouth, like it's really like hard to question anything he says. But Kirby. So I, so, and as far as it comes to Kirby, I think that, I don't know, he just doesn't come across in the same way, at least as an outsider, right? I'm not a Georgia fan. I'm not a Clemson fan. I don't really, you know, I, I love the sport of college football, but I'm not like embedded in those teams by any means. And I think that just, Kirby's I think really think it has to do with their overall demeanor and just sort of how they come across to the public and it's way easier to you know make Dabo the bad guy than it is to make it's Kirby the bad guy especially if you know fresh off the national championship Clemson is off of a pretty disappointing season a 10 and 3 disappointing season yeah but that's the standard now isn't it it's the standard he set himself up for especially with the way that he talks I just, I just, it was something I was thinking about the other night and I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, put my finger on it and try to figure it out. Why did I want to slam Dabo and then Saban and Kirby say it? And then I stopped slamming Dabo. Like he should have his own ability and and legitimacy as a two-time national champ to say what he wants. And I, yes, there's resistance. I get that. Saban hates the portal. He uses it to his advantage because he's a smart coach. Well, he yeah, hates NIL. Yeah, you know? but I look at the, look what Saban's done in the portal. You know, they bring in a select guys. They brought what four guys who are probably gonna be at least three starters. Yeah, and you you love Jermaine Burton way more than I do. I, do. I know I, I know you love Jermaine Burton in this system, but well, he's a he's a tremendous route runner, you know, and and he's got the hand. He's he's been a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, and Jameer Gibbs, we both like quite a bit in that in that fit. And you know, Tyler Steen, they needed a tackle. You know, he's he hasn't embraced it, but he's done a good job with Jamison Williams last year. Uh, and Henry Tuoto, you know, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where fans, if you say you're anti name image likeness and players getting paid and the portal, fans will slam you. Then if you defend NIL and the portal, fans will slam you. You know, kids shouldn't leave. They shouldn't quit. You know, Jordan Lewis, who who's a defensive back for Michigan, just put out a tweet yesterday saying, you know, listen, just stop transferring so quickly. Um, you know, I'm following the portal every day. I get it. But but if a coach can leave in, in a year, then the player should be able to leave without sitting out. So there's no argument against it. It's just one of those – 
things that's going to be polarizing forever that, you know, you can't say positive things or you can't say negative things about it. Dabo says negative things and he gets slammed, but he's going to embrace it. He's not a dummy. He will embrace it. Eventually he will embrace the portal or he'll just go off the NFL. Cause I don't think he likes what college football is now. I, I'm not, I don't think he's a fan. And yeah. And so, and, and so I'd put it back on him. Well, if you left, how would you feel about players that you recruit and had close relationships transferring right. away? Right. Yeah, but my, my thing, especially when it comes to the, to NIL is that we, you know, supposedly live in this free market system. And so let them, let, let them get paid. Let them get sponsored. If I am a, on music scholarship at Juilliard, I can go play gigs on the side and get paid to play music, which is what I'm there to do anyway. And no one says two things about it. So I agree. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's here. It's not going away. It's not going away. So you have to, so you got to deal with it. Yeah. There's hypocrisy surrounding it for sure. Cause if Dabo did leave all those players, yep. if there was in a portal, they'll all be stuck, you know, uh, and of course, Dabo in his own mind would, you know, help pick his successor. It wouldn't matter. I mean, those kids committed to Clemson for a reason, um, but that Carolina job could be open. He was rumored to be interested in that. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Dabo Swinney jump to the NFL. And maybe that's his play. Maybe he's complaining about college football because he wants it to change. If it doesn't change, I'm just going to go make millions with professionals who are paid but there's a salary cap and all that stuff. The problem is Clemson could, they could do well in the portal. They could do well with NIL. And I think they are, you know, it's not like these guys like Brzee and, and Murphy and um, DJ was Dr. Pepper, you know, last year they're, they're getting deals. It's just, you know, I don't know. I, it, coaches lie all the time. And then when they tell you the truth, then they get slammed. So. I just don't think there's any winning for him. He has to lie. He has to start lying um, just like everybody else, you know, and, and he's never going to get the respect of an SEC national championship coach. That's just the way it is. So let's segue into the, the, the portal quarterbacks, because any team you look at, you'd sort of throw a dart in the power five and you'll find a contender or a big time program with a new quarterback. We mentioned Jackson dart at old miss. Caleb Williams, obviously the biggest one at USC, Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel in the big 12. Um, you know, oddly enough, trying to think the big 10 is the one you mentioned Clifford and he's not new and, and CJ Stroud's not new and Peyton. No, I mean, like new. if you're going to go in the big 10, I mean, you're looking at Illinois who brought in as the as the Purdue Boilermaker uh, train goes by my house uh, as we're here recording? No, I, I think you have to go to what uh, Illinois, who brought in the kid from Syracuse. Yeah, uh, and then you've got Tommy um, DeVito. Yeah, and then you've got uh, uh, well, Indiana, who brought in the kid from Missouri. Yeah, but these are bottom feeders right now. I mean, Indiana was horrible last year, so I guess that's the one conference. Uh, that didn't do it. ACC, though, not a lot there either. Slovis. Yeah, Slovis. And Pitt's a contender in their division. But it's just what, when I did the top 10 that's up on the website, you know, I was thinking how important these guys are because you've got Jaden Daniels, who's the first quarterback potentially under Brian Kelly. And you've got, you know, Max Johnson, who 
could be the guy that either puts Jimbo on a hot seat or takes him, you know, to the next level. And there's just so much being put into quarterbacks. NIL is important. Um, you know, when you see a JT Daniels, who I had 10th go to West Virginia, he he's a kid who doesn't really need, you know, millions of dollars. He's not coming from poverty. Um, but he was weighing Oregon State versus Missouri versus West Virginia, none of them NIL factories, but wanted to hear what they had to offer. And that's what everybody's doing. So when it comes to transfer quarterback, I think we're going to see even more. I mean, I think this year was a lot, but I think about it. I mean, so what is, what's Kyle McCord going to do? You know, is he going to wait? sit out a year like just sort of be the backup for cj stroud while he makes heisman money and, and becomes the first pick in the nfl draft or is he going to go find a home well i mean i i think for him i mean it's all about targeting the right opportunity at a school where there is a question but i mean especially if you're at a, if, if you're at ohio state i mean he's going to be stroud's going to leave after next year mm-hmm. you're going to be the guy yeah you would, I would assume if you have the, if you have the confidence, say, I'm going to go into this situation and beat whoever is there, then you have the confidence to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat whoever is here with me. And so I think you're not going to go anywhere this summer and become a Heisman sensation for this, for the 2022 season. I don't think you can. So let's say, let's say. and, And plus if you're at Ohio state, like, look at the numbers that every quarterback at Ohio State has put up for the last oh, decade. Crazy. You're going to put up crazy numbers. You're going to get drafted pretty highly. And so I don't see someone like McCord. I don't see that as a, 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 as a, as a smart move for him. Where he No, no, no. I'm not saying smart move, but I'm saying there's an impatience. There's got to be some sort of thought in this head. This, that, and the other. Joe Burrow left here, went to LSU, was great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but and, people and, forgot that, that he lost to Dwayne Haskins, who put up the greatest season in right. Ohio State quarterbacking history. But you know so, there's people in his ear. And also, the, the openings that are going to be available next year, uh, let's say, you know, again, this is assuming there's no tampering, but let's say you jump into the portal, right, and – You've got a situation where Alabama's interested in you. You know, I know they've got Ty Simpson. I know they got Milrow, and Milrow's likely not going to transfer out. But let's say he does, and Nick Saban wants Kyle McCord to start there. You know, and again, but that but that's after the season, so there's no benefit in going to the right, portal so right now. That's versus you know being the starter at Ohio State. But yeah, and so I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it, I, it's weird, right? I'm not saying it's, he's going anywhere, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this last season, you know, when there was a competition for the starting job and McCord came in and as a true freshman, looked very good in the spring. Um, and there was Jack Miller, you know, who obviously fell behind and now he's at Florida and, you know, somewhat of an afterthought there as we're talking about AR 15. Um, Stroud missed a game early in the season and McCord played. And there was some talk, there was real talk that if McCord didn't keep the starting job after that performance, that he might jump in. Now, that was a year ago. You're right. Now there's no value. Where's he going to go? You know, I mean, listen, he could go to Clemson and maybe be better than DJ or maybe be better than Klubnik. But 
but I, I'm just saying that the impatience level is so immediate that Kyle McCord we're talking about in my head as like a third year guy. And he's not, I mean, he was just a freshman last year, but that impatience is there where, you know, Oh gosh, if Quinn Ewers wins a job, Hudson Card's got to leave. Um, and we're going to see quarterbacks after this spring leave when they don't make, the, make, you know, win the job or, or a Milrow, what does he do? You know, the smart thing is to stay, but there's so maybe not in every case, but I would say in, I would say the default should be to stay unless there is compelling evidence otherwise. But there's right? so unless many it, people in their ears saying you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, I mean, look at Amarius Mims. He didn't win a starting job this spring. He jumped into the portal. He visited Florida State and now he's changed his mind. He's going back to Georgia, but he's not going to be a starter. They wanted to kick him inside. He'll get playing time there. He's a 2020. Like, no, he's a 2021. He's a 2021. He's a 21. We're we're thinking about these kids and it's like, okay, you're not a, you're not a fourth year guy. You know, you, you, you do have a chance, even if it's not this season, first of all, someone's going to get hurt along the offensive line. It just happens. It happens. And you're going to play, you know, I know there's no guarantee of that. And then after that, you still have another couple of years, but it's all three and out. NIL, if I'm not a starter, how am I going to make money? Uh, if I'm not a starter right away, especially around draft time, I know kids get very, very itchy around draft time because they see, you know, these guys that, that are being drafted. They look at Evan Neal. Oh, my gosh, three and out guy. He could be the number one pick in the draft. I can't sit here at Georgia and do this. The impatience level is going to get worse and worse and worse. And when you look at the top 10, I have JT Daniels as my number 10 transfer quarterback. That's a pretty good quarterback to have number 10. I know he's been hurt. I know he's been beaten out by two guys. You know, one was injury, one was Stetson Bennett. But that's pretty good to have at number 10. You know, and and when you're talking outside the top five, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, there's some pretty good quarterbacks there. So I think it's going to get worse. I think the portal is going to play more of a factor quarterback-wise. NIL is going to make more of a factor for the portal because there's going to be NIL opportunities like with Quinn Ewers. Come back home, Quinn. You know, don't wait at Ohio State. Um, and, and he's better example than McCord. But if you look at him, you know, Quinn Ewers and Kyle McCord may be distanced by two high school classes, but because Ewers accelerated, it's only one year difference. And Quinn Ewers said, I'm out of here. And, and McCord hasn't yet and probably won't. But there's no guarantee that McCord's going to win the job the following year and on and on and on. So I think it makes it interesting in college football. A lot of people are find it distasteful. Um, but I think it's going to get worse. And, and, and segueing there into teams under pressure, and then we'll end this. I'll start with the Big 12. I know you came up with five teams, one in each Power Five conference. They're under pressure. I've got two in the Big 12, and they happen to be the two biggest. Texas, of course, with Sark and the finish last year and losing to Kansas and all that garbage. Oklahoma, too. I mean, if they regress and go eight and four, people are going to be like, why did we hire Brent Venables? That's just the, the world we live in now. Yep, it is. But I... You, meant, you talked about Dylan Gabriel, and I, I don't know if he's ever going to come fully back from that injury. It was a horrific 
horrific leg injury. Well, not, I, not as bad as Mackenzie Milton and he returned. Yeah. But I, I still don't know how, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him getting back to the, to, to the sort of top, top play that he was at a couple seasons ago, but Texas is obviously probably the biggest one, right? Sark's in year two and it's Quinn Ewers. It's which I think, you know, you like Ewers a lot. It, 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 it seems to me for arm it, talent might have nothing between his ears. I don't know. Arm talent is off the hook. Matthew Stafford. So do you think that he can adopt to what, what Sark wants to run? And do you think they can get on the same page? Because I think that, you know, uh, uh, under Sark, him and his quarterbacks have usually been good, but I mean, yeah, the Mac Jones was really was the, the Mac Jones season was really good. And I think Mac Jones processed a lot more at the line of scrimmage than, than Ewers will. Mm. Well, Mac was also in his fourth year and, and yeah he, exactly well it, it, and that's my point you know but fpi has texas in the top 10 which is stupid but i do know that how did they have auburn in the top 10 i don't know how, that was that was the dumbest uh, thing i've seen in a while I, I really don't know i don't know how any mathematical equation you could come up with could have auburn in the top 10 they might and, not even be a top 10 team in the sec <laughs> and then you know, Texas, yeah, you're hoping a lot of things go well. Obviously, you've got a, a really deep offensive backfield, and you've got Ewers and the promise he has, and and Worthy and Naylor. You know, Naylor's going to be awesome there. But defensively, I mean, can you – Overshone's going to be great, but can you put together a, a team defensively that can stop anybody? Because, you know, he gave up 50-plus points to Kansas last year. So, you know, Texas being in the top 10 – is ridiculous. Um, he's under pressure. He shouldn't be. It's only his second year, uh, but he's definitely under pressure. Big Ten. Who did you come up with? Penn State. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And and so here's the thing. James Franklin keeps signing extensions. So can he be under pressure if he's got like eight years guaranteed? <sighs> Not going to get rid of him. Well, I, I get, you're right. But I still think that there is this thought among especially Penn state fans. And this is so they, they may be looking at this through, you know, Navy colored glasses in their case, they think that they are Ohio state. They think that they are Michigan and that, you know, they are the elite of the elite in college football. And for frankly, for the past in this century, they haven't been yeah. right. Their last good season was 2016 when they finished 10 and three uh, with that ridiculous Rose bowl loss to USC. I mean, that I should say the, the loss itself was ridiculous. It was just a great game. It was yeah, amazing. and they got robbed of the playoff yeah. because they won the Big Ten and Ohio State mm-hmm. was chosen. Yep. Um, but you know, they've had some really talented defensive guys over you know, just look at who they've had the last couple of seasons. I mean, Micah Parsons and uh Ebiteki, who was a transfer from Temple, but he was amazing this year. But I don't think they've really put it all together no in in yeah. the yeah, OA. OA had zero sacks. He had yeah. zero sacks. I know. Um, which is still one of the more uh one of the I would I would have gone low-hanging fruit in the Big Ten, though. I would have just gone Nebraska. Because you know, they came close in many games, and everybody's hanging on that. And they outscored their opponents in the Big Ten, which is amazing to have such a horrible record. But if he doesn't win, he's gone. And and to me, so it's hot seat versus under pressure. I think Franklin's under pressure, but there's no way he's going anywhere. 
In oh, fact, yeah. he'll be mentioned in three more jobs and get another extension. Whereas Frost will be gone. He's got a great agent. Uh, whoever his agent is, kudos wow. to him. He's also, I listen, I mean, he's a good coach. Like he is. He's Penn a great State, recruiter. They he's don't a great go, recruiter. They 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 had that one COVID year where they sucked, right? They went 0 4 and then won their last five games. That's you know, five and four is disappointing. But they don't, you know, they win nine games, ten games. Um, you know, it's just not what Penn State fans liked when they see Michigan going to the playoff and then Ohio State, you know, competing for national championships and such. But I would go Nebraska there. Uh, ACC. I think Clemson's the obvious pick after last season, but I don't think Dab- Dabo is not under no, any, not. on not the under hot it. seat. So in that case, I'm going Florida State. Yeah. And again, hot seats versus, versus pressure is different. Like, I don't think Sark should be fired if he doesn't have a good season. He's only in year two. Um, you know, so when you look at, yeah, Clemson has to bounce back. They should win their division. They should win it easily. There's no reason Wake Forest should ever sniff a division title, at least at this stage. <laughs> but yeah, Florida State, I mean, it's a bit of a mess. Um, you it's know, put up or shut up time for Mike Norvell, right? Well, it's- and, and Norvell, you know, listen, he, he took the job, got the job in 2020, COVID, couldn't recruit on the road and, and inherited a dumpster fire. Last year, they weren't good at all. Um, the FSU fans don't care. Um, he's gotten longer than Willie Taggart got. I agree with you. He, he's gone if he doesn't have a great season. And, you know, from what I hear, not only the NIL, you know, rumors where they don't have a great, you know, uh, booster backing for NIL, which is hurting them, which is absolutely fact. Um, there's some weird stuff recruiting going on. You know, I, I just dug into a couple of Florida state targets in the portal. And what I heard was kind of disturbing, you know, like they had these guys, they were locked in and done and they couldn't close them. And so that worries me about Florida state. So we'll agree on Florida state there for sure. But yeah, Clemson's going to be fun to watch. They have to really rebound. Um, and then SEC. I mean, Auburn. Obviously, there's got to be someone else, though. I mean, Harson's gone no matter what. Let's say he goes ten and two, he's going to leave because they tried to get rid of him. And let's say he goes four and eight, he's going to leave because he can get fired. I'm trying to think of somebody else. I mean, Jimbo is under pressure. I think Jimbo's under a lot of pressure, but I don't think he's fireable. But if he goes eight and four again with that contract, um, and I'll tell you what, if if Brian Kelly goes five and seven, people are going to be going nuts on him too. So pressure in the SEC is is everywhere. Um, but I guess we can agree upon Auburn. And then Pac-12, who you got? USC. I mean, that that was – I mean – they, they've done a lot of yapping. They've done a, you know, it was a basically a hostile takeover of the core of Norman, Oklahoma, right? And so it's time for them to sort of back it up. Lincoln Riley became a villain. He's zero and w- zero. He's O and O, and it's time for him to back it up already. Mm-hmm. You think? Yep, I do. He hasn't won a game. He hasn't lost a game. I, I, yeah, I do. I think there is such pressure at USC. There's always pressure at USC. And it is, it, it's just, it's compounded by what he has said, by the way that they brought all these guys over from Oklahoma. 
And I think their schedule is tougher than it appears this season. Um, they have their top two divisional opponents on the road. That's really makes a difference in Utah, right? Yeah. You know, Rice Eccles Stadium is one of the hardest stadiums to play at in the country. It's the loudest by decibel meter, like the loudest stadium in the country. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a night game. It's going to get, I, I can't, I can't see them winning that game. And so I think that when they finish nine and three, people will see it as a big disappointment. Now, if you want another wanna... first year coach that I'm going to choose, and that's Dan okay. Lanning, because I don't think anybody expects USC to win their division. I think we really? all know how, I, I really don't. I you, think th- we... you think everyone expects Utah? Well, smart people do. Okay, like the average fan is going to see USC, LA, Lincoln Riley, Caleb. And that's what I'm, that, that's exactly what I'm saying, and that's what yeah. creates that pressure. Well, there's those are dummies. Those are dumb people. Utah's loaded, right? They're loaded, and they are. they're going to be the best team in that division, and they're going to win that division. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, uh, at least for smart football people. But name a team in the North that you should beat Oregon. You can't, and I know. Listen, I don't want to hear about your quarterback at Washington State, and I don't want to hear about this, that, and the other. Nobody should touch Oregon, period. That Well, talent-wise, absolutely not. That division sucks. I mean, Cal, Stanford, Washington's horrible. It's bad. Washington's it's really bad. It might be the worst. Oregon State. It might be the it might be the worst division in power five. We should probably rank those, but it's awful. So we should. let's That's a say Oregon doesn't win their division. People are going to say, what the heck? Mario did it. He won the division every year, at least. He won the Pac-12 twice. Dan Lanning coming over from the SEC. We can't have a defensive coach. I'm not saying he gets on a hot seat, but everybody and their mother expects Oregon to win that division. And I think smart people will say, "Mm, USC, I don't know. There's that Utah team that looked really impressive against Ohio State last year that won the Pac-12 last year maybe USC is a couple years away, but Oregon, if they fall back and somehow a Washington state or an Oregon state or a Cal wins that North, oof, things are going to get ugly. That's my, that's my pressure guy is, is landing. I like more it. Than Riley. I mean, that works. I mean, that, I, I think that works. You know, I love Washington state this year. I love Cam Ward came over with this offensive coordinator. Like they are going to light it up. It's going to, it's going to be like Mike, Mike Leach 2.0 on the blues. I don't know if they have any defense whatsoever, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Bailey's app. That's what you're looking. You're looking Bailey's app. You're looking like, okay, smaller school guy coming over with his coordinator and just going to put up crazy numbers. And I just, I'm here for it. It, it, It's it's fun to watch as a fan. Like I, you know, I, I like an watching offense that. that's used to doing that and not a power five offense. I'm not sure if Washington state's offense is going to be as dangerous as you think, but he is, I like Ward. I like Ward. a lot. Well, yeah, we got him top five quarterback yeah. transfer. So he better Absolutely. be good. That's more you than me. So uh, yeah. we'll see, you know, yeah. um, but I, I think that's, that'll wrap it. I think that's pretty good. So I'm going to have you on quite a bit because I don't really like a lot of people. And, you know, reaching out for guests and stuff like that. I can get, you know, former players and coaches, and I'll probably do that as well. But I just like to BS about college football. And right now, of course, we're getting, what, 20 views per podcast or something. So at least we can't say anything stupid that anybody's going to pay attention to. But (laughs) MikeFarrellSports.com, MFarrellSports, Twitter and Instagram, 
drop your uh, your your info for Believe in Wisconsin at Believe in Badgers on both Twitter and Instagram, and then my personal is at underscore Perco underscore on Twitter, and that's yeah. My go to MikeFarrellSports.com. Uh, there's we're getting a lot of content up there right now. Yeah. We're growing so, too. Did you see the analytics today? Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting better. We're getting better. So uh, I'm excited about that. A lot of work. All right. I appreciate your time and uh, sure. we'll get this up. Thanks. Sounds good. See you, Mike. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.